0: Welcome to the Cork Church podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Oh well, praise the Lord. Hello everyone. Happy New Year. 2022. <laughs> praise God right? It's true. Jerry, I loved what you prayed. He brought us through 2020 and 2021 and now we're here in 2022. We've got no reason to believe that he won't do the same. Amen. Faithful. Faithful. His name is faithful. He's faithful. I believe that. Do you believe that? I know it's something we say and it's something we sing about. Do you really believe that? That he's faithful to bring you through whatever, whatever is coming in 2022. He's already ahead of you. He's in your tomorrows, making a straight path for you. That's who he is. He's a way maker. I would try and sing waymaker, but I think I would clear the room. I think there would be a, a stampede for the back sort of door there and People be, if we had windows, you'd be jumping out of them. So I won't sing that, but just know it's the truth. He's a way maker. Um, I'm going to pray and then I want to um, talk today. There's three things I really want to look at um, in, in a very familiar story in the scriptures. Uh, so let's pray and then we'll get into it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we just, I'm just so thankful to you for your amazing grace, Lord. At the beginning of a new year, I can't help but take stock of every blessing, all the mercy and the kindness you've shown me. You are steadfast and your loving kindness, Lord, it's like a flood. Thank you, God, for this church, our church family, this body, Lord Jesus, this part of your body that you've raised up, you've brought us together. It's not happenstance that we're together. It is divine providence that we're even in this room, Lord. It's your hand guiding us, your mighty hand, your sovereign controlling hand. You are the king of ages, the immortal one, the the, uh, the only one with whom, who dwells in inapproachable in light. And there, you are doing something, Lord. We don't have to see it to know that it's true. We don't have to perceive it with the natural eye to discern by our spirits that you're already working, Lord, that Lord Jesus, you are doing mighty things, God. So we thank you for the blessings, the blessings of our family, friends, the provision, the finance, the food, the clothing, Lord, the the vehicles we drove to get in here tonight. It is all from you. The Father of heavenly lights, with whom there is no shifting due to change. You give good gifts because you're a good gift giver. You're good and you're kind and you're generous. You're just being you. And I thank you tonight, Lord, that you make us what you are by nature. You make us that, Lord, through the work of faith in our lives. Through the work of faith, we become partakers of a divine nature. It's amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Okay, I'm done. No, I'm joking. I'm kidding. Okay, are you ready for a, a, um, you know, just forgive the sermon title tonight. Are you ready? Three Ds about Jesus to help us through troubling times, okay? Three Ds about Jesus to help us through troubling times. Pastor Nick is like, this is the last time I let this guy up there. (laughs) Will you turn with me to Mark chapter six? Thank you. Mark chapter six, we're gonna look at a a very familiar portion of scripture. Uh, We all know the story well. It occurs in Mark's gospel. It occurs in Matthew's gospel. It occurs in John's gospel. It is, of course, Jesus walking on the water. So Mark chapter six. Let's go here now. Mark's gospel was written first, so let's uh, use it as the principal account, although they're all valid, obviously. And so we'll go in Mark six, and we'll go in Matthew, and we'll look a little bit at John towards the end. Mark chapter six. Just a little bit of context. Um, Jesus has just fed five thousand people. Um, He's it's toward the end of his Galilean, the Galilean portion of his ministry. He's just fed five thousand people with what I believe is five loaves and two fish, an amazing miracle. I don't know how many of you know that we serve a multiplying God, a God who can take the little and make it a lot, a God who can take the palsy everyday things and make them miraculous, make them make them to be nourishment for the many. When you give your little to Jesus, he can make it a lot. When you give your little to Jesus, he can feed the masses, okay? Let 2022 be a year where you bring your little gift, your little talent to Jesus. Watch him multiply it. Amen. So Jesus feeds the multitudes 5,000 people, five loaves, two fish, and then he sends his disciples back west across the Sea of Galilee, okay? So this is all sort of happening around Bethsaida, the feeding of the 5,000. Then he sends them west, back over the Sea of Galilee, toward Capernaum, okay? And he stays behind, he tarries to pray. So Jesus sends them ahead, right? sends them into what he knew would be a storm, and he stays to pray. And the Bible says that Jesus looks, it must have been a high sort of elevation. He could see out onto the Sea of Galilee. And the disciples are in bother. Okay, they're in bother. And we'll pick it up just here. We'll pick it up. Here we go. Are you ready? Mark chapter 6 verse 45. Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, where he dismissed the crowd. Um, And after he'd taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. Verse 48, and he saw that they were making headway painfully. So it was painful to move forward. Okay, for the winds were against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them. Now, if you have a Bible, will you underline that? And we're gonna look at that, but at the end, but underline it, it's actually powerful. Uh, I'm excited to share it with you, but underline it, verse 49. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, For they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them. And the wind ceased and they were utterly astounded. Praise the Lord. Now Matthew 14 verse 28 says this. This is um, another sort of element of the story. Peter answered him, This is Peter looking and seeing Jesus approaching him on the waves. Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the water and walked on the water and came to Jesus. (laughs) That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? Sometimes we read these stories and it's like, oh, you know, Peter went out and got groceries. Peter walked on water. It's amazing, this life in God, this miraculous life in God and what is possible when we put our eyes on Jesus Christ. It's amazing. So Peter walked on the water, but when he saw the wind, how many of you know that distraction is an enemy? He was afraid and began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and got hold of him and took hold of him saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt and when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for his words. Okay, so we've touched a little bit of the, um, a little bit on the context, what's going on in the, um, the pericope, the, uh, the passage. But, but here's what I want us to look at at the beginning of this. The disciples are travelling, traversing, trying to pass through troubled waters. They're in uncertain times. They're in a a place of uncertainty, difficulty, they're surrounded, they're overwhelmed, and most of them are paralysed by fear, okay? It's funny, isn't it? New year, new variant, new year, new booster shot, (laughs) new year, same God, hallelujah, (laughs) hallelujah. Didn't Corrie ten Boom say it, we should never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God? We're coming into a new year, but we have the same God. We've got the same God and new mercies, but we are moving through something, that's for sure. We as God's people are going through something. And I've heard somebody say actually that they think, well, they've called it the, our, our, our sort of uh, equivalent of the four-year war. This is our equivalent of the four-year war. And um, there are some real physiological effects that lock down and, and covid is actually having one's called pandemic brain i was talking about this about a month and a half ago i feel like i've had pandemic brain all my life pandemic brain basically means that our ability to focus on anything really at all is greatly diminished it's been greatly diminished because we've been in a heightened state of emergency for two or three two years this is what two i won't even try and count two and a half years But that, that is having a genuine physiological effect on people. Pandemic brain, we can't focus or retain on anything. We can't focus on anything, can't retain anything, take anything in. And anxiety levels are going through the reef. They're going through the reef it's a very difficult time. I heard a startling statistic. In North America, one in four young adults had um, admitted to suicidal thoughts. They'd contemplated suicide over the initial lockdown in 2020. We need to see, we need to recognise that whilst COVID is ravaging and Omicron is a reality, there is a pandemic of depression, of anxiety, of, of, of... of fear. It's all happening. We are undoubtedly moving through troubled times. Yet we have hope. Hallelujah. The hope of the gospel. We have the answer. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes we need to look ourselves in the mirror, look and point and go, I don't look. you've got the answer to whatever ailment you might encounter or whatever the people around you might be dealing with or going through this too shall pass. This too shall pass. It's a temporary journey and in it, the Son of God is speaking to us through some of the actions we can see here in the text. So when facing uncertainty and all that comes with it, there are three things about Christ that we need to know. Three Ds, are you ready? Number one, his dominion. So we can overcome anxiety and find rest. Number two, his desire, so we can overcome fear and not draw back. And number three, his deliverance, so we can overcome failure and expect grace from God. Three Ds about Christ we need to know when moving through troubled times. Are we ready? Let's get into it. His dominion, Mark 6 verse 48. Christ comes to them walking on water. He's demonstrating complete dominion over the elements, okay? So I want you to view the compare, compare and contrast, okay? The disciples are overwhelmed. They're making headway painfully. The wind is against them. Yet Christ, the Son of God, is in total control. Hallelujah. Bending the laws of nature to his will, bending them to his will. The book of Job says that he walks along the floors or the ocean floors along the depths. So the God who walks along the Mariana Trench walks over the waves of the Sea of Galilee. He is in control. He authored the laws of physics and they bend at his word. Amen. Bending the laws of nature to his will, they are subdued by the elements The elements are in subjection to him. Hallelujah. They have no power against the waves. They're probably crashing over their heads. Those same waves are under the feet of Jesus. Hallelujah. He is not limited by the forces that are working against you. He's not limited by them. He's not bound to your bank account. Can I get an amen? He's not bound to what may or may not be in your pantry when you go home. He's not bound to your, physio- your physiological makeup. He's not bound to your genetics. He's not bound to, to, your, to any debilitating part of your life. Not at all. In fact, he's the author of life and the, perfecter, the author and the perfecter of our faith. He's the author of life. And everything under the sun bows to Jesus. Everything under the sun bows to the sun. Here's here's an acid test. If it's under the sun, it will be put or made into subjection under his feet. Do you feel like nothing is in your control? Do you feel helpless? Do you feel overwhelmed? Good. Good. There's a reason for it. It's true. But Psalm 62, 11 tells me that all power belongs to God. Once God has spoken, twice I've heard it said that power belongs to God. We are powerless and all power belongs to Him. So we have to get this right. Everything is under His dominion. Everything is under His control. If there's, a, if there's anything we need to take away, it's that nothing is beyond Jesus. But you know, it's not like I'm talking to a room full of control freaks, right? No control freaks here. Who wants to put their hand up and tell the truth and shame the devil and in 2020? Yeah. We're control freaks. We we need control. We need to understand. We need to have it mapped out. We've got our five-year plan. James tells us, don't even plan a year ahead. We've got a five-year plan, where we're going to go, what we're going to do. We're going to trade here. We're going to make money there. All of these things, and we, we rarely add God to the plan, except when we need him to rubber stamp it. And all the while, all the while, all the while, we're missing a vital thing. Pride is directly linked to anxiety, Okay? So when we are in control and when we are in the driving seat, one of the residual effects is anxiety. Oh, well, let me show you what I mean. Anxiety comes from me attempting to control things that are beyond my power to control. It's this odd thing that happens. We know that we're powerless and yet we seek to affect things we've got no power over. You've got no power over it. You've got no power. affect it let me go on here we have no problem acknowledging that God is in control we've no problem with that yes Patrick yes preacher yes pastor Nick yes Bob Stephen pastor Hambandi, I know God's in control our issue is this we fail to acknowledge that we are not it's not that our problem is is we get that God's in control we just can't admit that we're not there is no answer in me I cannot look to myself as a resource. I'm not in control of anything. we got to get there, folks. We have got to get there. Don't look for an answer to your problem under the sun. In a closed system, Solomon tells us that you will only find futility and vexation when you look in, into, your, into yourself at your own capacity or ability to affect anything. But this is what I want to encourage you with. God has sent everything we need in him. He is our resource. The answer to your problem isn't under the sun. It is the sun. Amen. He's our resource. And and this is what I want. I want to bring this out here. We have married a man of means. I want to look at this from a marital context, right? Because we are, we are destitute, we're broken. One of the words for sin is hermatea in the Greek. It means to miss the mark. But another word for it is actually to be outside of the inheritance or to be destitute. So we, in our sin, in our brokenness, we're in destitution. And he comes to us, the kinsman redeemer from heaven, the one with means, the one with resources, the one with the ability, with the power to do it. And he wraps his cloak or his wing around us and he brings us in. And all of his resources become ours. All of his dominion and authority and power become ours through marriage. We, we step into authority that we don't have on our own. We step into dominion and power that's ours through our union with Christ. That's what happens. You married into it. It's not yours. You married into it. All the authority and power and dominion you'll ever need. Now, how do I take hold of this? Pat, that's great. That's awesome. But I'm going to drive home tonight and stuff is going to freak me out and I'm going to worry. How am I going to take hold of this? How can this be a reality in my life? We'll look at 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7. It's a very well known passage of scripture. Peter says, humble yourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, keep keep that image of a mighty hand, okay? So that at the proper time, he may exalt you. Listen, I've learned something. If God isn't promoting me, I'm not ready to be promoted. Shocker. If God isn't promoting, it's not time. You're not ready. You're not worthy of promotion. And that's something. If God wants you to have it, you'll have it. If God wants it to be yours, it'll be yours. And maybe there's an opportune time, but up until that time, you don't want it if he's not giving it to you. Just saying it. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. I want to ask you a question. Are you surrendered under his mighty hand, his controlling hand? It's, It's a picture of his sovereign control. See, the root of worry and anxiety lies in the belief that what happens is ultimately in our hands, okay? If you think that what happens is ultimately in your hands, it's pride. Now, I'm not here with a stick. I'm, a, I'm, I'm the worst, okay? I'm the chiefest of sinners here. See, but that proud person it can be all of us feels that he or she has to make things happen. Pride says what happens is up to me and this only creates more anxiety. Humility says, Lord, everything that concerns me is in your hands, your mighty hand. And this is the beginning of peace. None of us can add an inch to our height or an hour to our life by worrying about it. What happens finally is in the hands of God. Can somebody say amen right now? Are you worried about your future? Are you worried about what's coming? Are you worried about what's ahead? It's in the hand of God. It's in the hand of God. Hallelujah. I'm going to cast my cares onto him every day. I'm going to cast my cares onto him. This is true humility. I can't hold it. I can't control it. I can't make it happen. I can't push it over the line. Here you go, Lord. Here you go, Lord because I'm trusting in your character, Jesus, that you love me. I'm powerless. I'm going to trust that the hand that led me in will lead me out. Who sent them in to the storm? It was Jesus. He sent them there to learn something about who he is. The hand that led me in will lead me out. I'm going to trust that he cares for me and that he's in control. I'm going to be still and know that he's God. Psalm 46, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the nations, amongst the earth, in the earth. Amazing. And you know, when he said that, most commentators believe that he wasn't talking to the disciples. He was talking to the wind and the waves and the storms that raged around them. When they stopped, he rose up and spoke to the elements and, and put the, the, the stamp of his dominion down and those elements obeyed him. Hallelujah. Okay, next D, his desire. Amen, his desire. Matthew 14, 28, 28 and 29, the Bible brings our attention to Peter. Peter sees Jesus walking to him on the waves. Amazing. He sees something that gave him faith to step out and move forward and not to draw back in fear. How many of you know that this is no time to draw back? That troubled times call for strong, strong Christian people to rise up and begin to bring the news of Jesus. We need to step forward in faith with that gospel of good news to people who need it now more than ever. Don't shrink back. Don't pull back. Listen, Peter saw something that gave him the faith to step out. He saw a God who saw him first. He saw a God who saw him first and who sought him out and was now calling him by name. He saw the gospel. He saw Jesus. That redeeming love spurred him on out of that boat. So how do I keep moving forward? In the midst of all of this, how do I keep trusting, believing and not be overcome with fear How do I walk on water? How do I walk on water? Listen, folks, my desire, your desire for him will never be enough. I need to see, you need to see, we need to see again his desire for us. We need to see his desire for us. I'm going to show us how we do that in a second. But I just want to say this, and it's amazing. I just heard the other day, or today, actually, church attendance now has gone down to, on average, a, a, a church family who would attend two to three times a month now only attend once a month. Pastor Nick, I think you're dead right to uh, say what you said there. I think it's true. I think that we we need to, to 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 look some of the things that we're hearing online, reading online, some of the things, some of the headlines and some of the the things that are putting fear in our hearts, I think it's time to take a step and say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to bring my family to church and you're going to protect me from whatever it is I need to be protected from. I'm going to bring my family to church. I'm going to invest in my spirituality and in my family's spirituality. I'm not going to let a headline or a post or a comment in a comment section keep me from the house of God. I'm not going to do it. And if I can't make it, maybe I will tune in on Monday. Maybe I will. Now's the time. To, to run after the one who ran after us. Many still, though, have lost lustre, desire, passion, and have drawn back. Some of us aren't serving like we're used to, saying yes to the opportunities as they present themselves anymore in the way that we did before. Some of us are so focused on what's coming against us that we've missed who's coming towards us. We've missed who's coming towards us. The strength to move forward out of the boat doesn't come from you. Your desire will never be enough. Jesus, the scriptures tell us, he saw them bound by a storm and made his way to them. He saw you in your storm long before you saw him. He came to you so that you could come to him. Hallelujah, right? He made a way so that you could walk in that way. That's what he's done. He sought us out for, first. He's the author and the perfecter, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's on his way to finish what he started. He's on his way to finish the good work of faith that he began in us when he called us out of the grave by name and saved us and brought us into his marvellous light. Hallelujah. There's no unfinished works in glory there 's no unfinished works he lays the cornerstone he lays the capstone the master builder the ma- the master architect is also the master builder and finisher that 's what he does he takes us. From the miry clay and he sets our feet on a rock he puts his word in our mouth and he sets us on a trajectory we could never walk on in our own strength walking on water is about walking on his love peter walked on water because he was walking on something more solid the love of jesus he was walking on water because he was walking on something more secure the love and the grace of the gospel of jesus his perfect love casts out fear and sparks real faith in us. Listen, religious zeal is not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. Stirring it up in our own strength, rah-rah for Jesus, it's not going to work. There's something, there's an otherness in Christ that has to get inside of us. If we're going to step out and walk in the miraculous, which is the, which is the very will of God for your life. Listen, if you can imagine it or achieve it in your own strength, it's not, it's not God. It's not God. What does Ephesians tell us? It's more than we can ask for or imagine. And it's according to the power that's at work in us. And Paul tells us it's the power that rose Jesus from the grave. It's resurrection power that keeps you and I afloat. God wants to put a faith that trusts in his character even on the waves. That's what he wants to do. So let's do some spiritual maths or a little spiritual maths equation. Revelation comes before faith and faith comes before supernatural living. Faith is a response to revelation. He shows himself to us and we respond accordingly to the measure of revelation we've received. I read Hebrews 11, and sometimes we can lord up the people in that chapter. These are people of great faith. No, they're people of great revelation. They're people who saw something of God and moved according to what they saw. And it's the same for you and I. We may not be able to rest in our storm, but we can get some revelation in it and move in it. Our capacity to walk in the supernatural it's all about our view of jesus how do you see jesus is he the author of your salvation or just the author of your trouble let me tell you who he is he's approaching he's on the way with a good word proverbs 12:25 says this anxiety weighs down the heart of a man but a good word cheers it up well he's coming with a good word and that word is it is i oh, yeah. do not fear that's the good word anxiety sinks us down beneath the waves but a word from him a good word it's I it's me it's I I am if you like he walked intending to pass them by and he spoke his name I am I cannot wait to show you what what I what I believe all this means let's keep going let's keep going okay and remember folks just on a practical level faith is our response to revelation how am I going to see this desire? It's one thing to talk about it. How am I going to see this desire? Well, this is what we can do. We need to consider the cross. We need to meditate on the perfect love God demonstrated at the cross. We need to meditate on it. We need to draw aside as Jesus did and set our mind on things above, on the things that are above, where we're seated at the right hand of God. 1 John four ten says that this And and love consists in this, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son (coughs) as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. (coughs) I should cut back on those cigars, Pastor. (coughs) I'm back. Okay, Consists in this. I like the Berean Study Bible because it says that love consists of this. So the substance of love, real love, not Hollywood love, not Matthew McConaughey love, actual love, the substance of love is the love that he demonstrated on the tree for you and for me. So we need to look at the God to whom belong all power and steadfast love. When you read that Psalm sixty-one eleven, it says to God belongs power and steadfast love. He's not just the God of all power, He's the God of faithful, said grace, love. That's who he is. So we need to thank him, meditate on the cross. We need to thank him for perfect love. And listen, folks, Philippians 6, 4, 4, 6 through 8, we need to season our prayers with thanksgiving. We need to season our prayers with thanksgiving. There's meditation, okay? There's thanksgiving, there's all of that, but in that place of prayer, we need to ask, we need to um, bring to him the things we want him to do in the light of all that he's done for us. We need to thank him first. Okay, I've got one more D. Will I, will I go? Will I press on? Okay, sweet. His deliverance. His deliverance. Matthew 14, 30 through 31. When Peter began to sink, when the onslaught became too much for some of us we have been online too much another variant another booster more bad news more disinformation so hard to just get grounded in what's real we don't know what to believe and it can be overwhelming you know and that was Peter's experience he put his eyes on the wind and on the waves and began to sink you know the storms that sink us aren't the storms that we're in. They're the storms that get inside of us. It's when that storm gets on the inside of you that it has the power to sink you. And how do storms get in to the inside, on the inside? It's through the eyes. What we focus on begins to get on the inside of us, okay? What we focus on. But what I love here is this. Even when Peter was in that place of fear and Desperation and faithlessness. Jesus was just an honest cry away. He was just an honest cry away. Lord, help me. You don't need to be a theologian to pray that. He was an honest cry away. Jesus was an honest cry away. You can expect grace. You can expect grace. His nature is our guarantee that we will survive our own faithlessness. It's true. 2 Timothy 2 3 says this if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful because he cannot deny who he is. His very presence is steadfast love. His very presence is help. His very presence is faithful, redeeming, saving love. He's a savior by nature. He will find you under the waves and pull you to safety regardless. Of your level of faith at the present time because you belong to Him. Because you belong to Him. Because He's, look, some of us need to, a uh, refresher course in it. I know I do. Well, God, you just, I don't know why you would show up here at my watery grave. I've lost sight of you and I'm going under. And yet He comes again to save me, the chiefest of sinners. Just ask my wife because he is love, because he himself is love and salvation by nature. We cannot forget everything God says he is in a troubled time or season. He is what he is by nature. He will walk on the waters. He will dive his hand in. And you know, as I was preparing, I got an, an image. Do you, any Lord of the Rings fans? Yeah, do you remember in the, at the end of the Fellowship of the Ring, where uh, Samwise falls into the water and he's sinking, 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 and there's just this shot of Frodo's arm just boof down to pull Samwise out and pull him up. It just caught me. That image caught me. That's Jesus to reach down into the miry clay. I don't know if you've ever worked with clay. Clay's messy. Clay's messy. If you, if you have any regard for your appearance or, or what you're wearing, don't work with clay. Don't reach down to pick something up out of the clay, okay? But Jesus, being the very glory of God, the very image, the very representation of God, considered it not robbery, but plunged down, ran the heavens and came down to pull us up because that's his nature. We must remember and see it. He will find you under the waves and pull you to safety he will not let you go under. When Peter's eyes diverted to the winds and waves of every post and headline, Christ's eyes were on him. No matter how low you get, how faithless you, you might be, it is as simple and as profound as calling out, Lord, save me. Listen, you might be watching online. You may have given up hope. It's three words, Lord, save me. Call out to him call out to him just call you don't need to doggy paddle you don't need to tread water just call out to Jesus don't wait for your to have all your spiritual ducks in a row just call to Jesus have mercy on me the first person in heaven who came through came through hanging on a cross guilty but worthy of everything that he was he was in, in, engaging in. And he just said, Son of, uh, Son of God, have mercy on me, remember me. And he came into to paradise that very day. I want to end because we've been quite practical tonight. But this is one of the most wonderful pictures of the gospel in the Bible. Mark six forty eight. Jesus intended to pass them by. Now that might seem negative when you listen to it. But actually what it means is to come near or to come forward or to arrive. He intended to come near to them, to draw near, to arrive at them. In Exodus chapter 33, we don't have time to go there. Moses asked God to show him his glory. And God said, I can't show you my face, you'll die. But I'm going to hide you in the cleft of the rock. And I'm going to pass by. I'm going to pass you by. And I'm going to show you my glory. And I'm going to proclaim my name. Now Jesus said, I do nothing save that which I have seen the Father do. And so Jesus, in the very, being the very image, the very glory of God, the very representation of that glory, did exactly what he saw his father doing on that mountain and brought that revelation of God's glory again, but completed it. How did he complete it? Because he came near to them and he got in the boat with them. He did I love that. I love that. He walked by them. And this is the gospel. This is Philippians 2. Jesus, the very glory, the very representation of God, came down, considered it not robbery, but came down and entered into human experience, entered into humanity, got in that boat called humanity and sat and experienced it with us that's why Hebrews tells us he's a faithful high priest, because he knows. Yeah. Jesus knows what it is to sit in a boat and have a storm rage, rage around you. He knows what it is. Being the glory of God, he heard the cry of humanity and stepped into a boat with them. He came to inhabit their space and partake in their experiences. That's the full revelation that God began with Moses, Jesus fulfilled it with his disciples the revelation of his glory. I am more than just a God of all glory. I am a God of relationship. I'm not just power. I'm a God of steadfast love as well. And in conclusion, Bible says in John chapter six, verse 21, they were glad to take him into the boat and immediately they were at the land with which they were going. They were happy to receive the grace of the gospel. They were happy to receive Christ as he truly was. Take heart, it is I. They received the revelation of his grace and found themselves at the other end of their confusion, their uncertainty, their paralysis by fear, their blindness, their darkness. The real journey wasn't from one destination to another, between two locations, but a journey into deeper revelation. Let it be so with us. Lord Jesus, show me yourself in this. And when I see you, I'm going to find myself on the other side. Amen. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us, info at courtchurch.com, or just check out our website. It's www.courtchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time.